Hey, my friends, thank you for joining me for this episode of Real Live Talk. I'm so excited that you're here to check out this conversation that I had with Jody Seidler. Let me tell you a little bit about Jody. She's on staff at Elam Fellowship, working as the Director of International Growth in the Missions Department and serves on the leadership team of Made Movement. Jody has a passion to see people fall more in love with Jesus and impact their world for him. Her passion as she communicates leads people to an encounter with Jesus, and she has a heart to see non-believers believe, disciples disciple, and leaders lead. And it was interesting because I've known Jody for probably 15 years or maybe a little bit more, but this was the first like real conversation that we've had with one another. And uh, I, I love her approach to life and ministry, and she's just so funny, and she has this kind of lighthearted spirit about her. So as we were having these conversations that are centered around ministry and missions, and one of the questions that I asked her, that I think is going to be particularly impactful because she gave such a a, a, a beautiful answer. Uh, I asked her about with all of the busyness and all of the the stuff that's involved um, in her life with her and her husband Alex and the work that they do together and how busy they stay and how much travel they do and how much they're constantly pouring into the lives of people, just some practical things that help them to really stay grounded and stay healthy and avoid burnout and stuff like that. And um, anyway, again, the answer she gave was just really, really good. And I think that you're going to get a lot of value out of this conversation, particularly if you are in ministry, thinking about doing ministry, you want to do ministry, you want to impact the world or the nations in some way, there's going to be something in this conversation for you. And uh, I really, really enjoyed my time with Jody. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation as well. So without uh, further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Jody Seidler. We are rolling. Very nice. I'd venture to say we're rocking and rolling. I like that. But uh, that might it might be a little bit too early for that. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> J- uh, Jody Seidler, welcome to Real Life Talk. Thanks so Thank much you. for being here. I'm excited. I like your guitar music, by the way, as it's like coming in for your. It's very very nice. <laughs> it's funny because I think the first time that I had Alex on, he. Oh, was it Alex? Maybe it wasn't Alex. It might have been somebody else. They, but they asked if um, if that was me playing the guitar. <laughs> I was like, sadly, no. Sadly, no. No, no that is no. not me. I play a little guitar, but I but that is sadly, unfortunately, <laughs> not me. But I, I was just telling you off off screen that I'm so excited that you're here, Thank Jody, you. because like I feel like I get to know you a little bit today, I- and it's ridiculous to me that I don't like I don't know like I feel like that conversation we just had for 10 minutes before we started here was probably yeah. the longest conversation we've ever had I think so and uh, oh, yes yes yeah and uh I've known you for a long time known of you for a long time we were at Elam at the yeah. same time <laughs> but for whatever reason and uh your your, hus- your husband is is my boy and it's <laughs> amazing and I'm, I'm just so excited that that you're here so it's gonna be cool I'm excited um If you could just maybe share a little bit just off the bat here, just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. My name is Jody, as you know. Um, I work for (laughs) Elam Fellowship in the Global Ministries Department. My husband is actually my boss, so that's interesting, but fun. And I work, my official title is Director of International Growth, which means I just try to send as many people to the nations as I can those that want to go and should be in the nations because not everyone should be in the nations. Um, So that's what I do is I um, work for sending people. I meet with people here. They're what they want to do or God's leading them. And then I connect them. I like to say I'm like missions mingle, like Christians mingle, Christian mingle, mission mingle. Mission mingle.com. You ever watch like Fiddler on the Roof? I'm like the Yenta, the matchmaker, but with missions. how I describe my role. And then I also serve on the leadership team for Made Movement, which is a women's conference uh, and equipping, not just a conference, but we equip women to move in their God-given passions, purposes, and dreams. So it's a little bit of what I do. That's amazing. So when it comes to releasing people into missions and empowering people and setting people up for that, what does that look like? Well, actually, before we get to that question, I'm just curious because you said something about, you said that not everybody is necessarily I don't know you didn't use you didn't use this word fit for for the mission field that 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 probably comes off a little condescending but you said 
whatever not you, you know you know what you said right that, that not everybody necessarily should be or it's not, yeah. not necessarily their calling so mm-hmm. do you do you sometimes have to have some difficult conversations with people and be like yo i think that this might not be <laughs> the best the right like does that come up you? sometimes <laughs> um so usually it's in the process as i'm talking with people hearing what they want to do and the calling but but a lot of it actually gets determined like if you're in the nations on the field so what we like to do is we like to set up like short-term trip programs or like an internship before people are like, I'm going to give 20 years to the nations because usually that doesn't <laughs> right. work out. Um, and so we usually like to give them little like taste and see. And then from there, we can we can kind of determine like, are you meant to live in the nations or are you meant more to maybe take trips or to support or to send? And so that really helps people um kind of know usually you don't have to tell someone they're not fit for the nations usually they figure mm. it out when they're in the nations actually this isn't quite working out and so it's like facilitating facilitating that conversation uh, but i do in the beginning a lot of like hey maybe you need some more preparation uh, before you launch in um or different things like that working with people but yeah yeah no, that's cool that you're not just like crushing people's dreams off the bat, right? Like, <laughs> like I don't think so. Let's go somewhere. Well, the nations like, don't want you, bro. I know. Go home. You can go somewhere else, but the whole world does not want you except for the United yeah. States. No. Yeah. But it's very, it's very interesting for like a missions director or someone to say like, not everyone's called the missions because some people meet are like, think we're trying to get everyone to go to the nations. It's like, actually... Like, should everyone be activated in the Great Commission? Absolutely. But yeah. not everyone is called to live in the nations. And so it's like helping to determine that. Because what happens is if I if I try to send you, then you're my problem. You know, like you're my problem. Mm. In the nations, but if God is sending you, then you're his problem. You know, like take it up with wow. the Lord who sent you, not me who sent you. It's very fun and interesting. I love getting to sit down with people, just ask them questions. Like, what do you want to do? Do you have a place in on your heart you have a country on your heart or is it more like a certain type of ministry or thing that you want to do and just exploring with people so it's a lot of fun yeah missionsmingle.com that's love right it. i love it <laughs> connecting people with their ideal uh ideal calling or you yeah, know, whatever anyway exactly. but yeah no that, that's super cool and I, and I love i love that because you know reaching out to the nations or impacting the nations doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the one that's actually going and living on the mission field. There's other ways, you know, through your, through intercessory prayer, through support, through short-term trips, through, you know, um, even as like a, sometimes a church family adopting a missionary Mm -hmm. or, you know, adopting a certain section of the world as like their, the the thing that they focus on prayer a lot or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be. Right. And so I love, I love the fact that there's, there's so much thought that you're talking about that's that's put into this that goes into you know helping people really discover that I, I think we probably both knew people that came into like Elam for example I'm sure any other Bible college that came in just very passionate about going to the nations or going yes. to a particular nation or whatever and then 15 years later it's like that never happened because yes, just exactly. whatever happened maybe they realized mm-hmm. that it wasn't really what either what their calling was or maybe they got I don't know, <laughs> got distracted or whatever, but, <laughs> but yeah. So then, um, and I think you were already starting to touch on this a little bit as far as sitting down with people and having those conversations. Yeah. Um, but if you would elaborate a little bit just on what that process looks like as far as empowering somebody to uh, impact the nations, kind of what, mm-hmm. what, um, what goes into that process? Yeah. So really I see my role, like I said, that's like, a great facilitator or a facilitator of what God's already doing in their heart. And so I I like to say that, that I'm mining, like I'm searching for the gold that's in people's hearts. So mm. basically I'll meet with them either over Zoom, depending where they're located around the US or around the world, or I'll if they're local, I'll try to have like a coffee hangout because I love coffee and Jesus loves coffee. And so we have coffee. Jesus loves coffee. <laughs> Jesus loves coffee. I'm sure he had some back in the day. No, I don't know. But well, um, there's a there's a joke. Sorry to interrupt you. I want you to come right back to what you. you're saying. Um there there's a there's a joke. It doesn't work in English, but it works in it works in Spanish because okay. faith is fe, F E, okay. pronounced fe, uh-huh. and coffee is cafe. Yeah. Uh, and so the verse that says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Mm-hmm. It's sin fe, 
yeah. es, es imposible agra agradar a Dios. So we say sin café oh. es imposible. So we say yeah. like without, so we change it and say without coffee, without it's coffee, impossible to please like God, that. which is almost true. It's almost, almost true. I feel like if I don't have coffee, I'm not as of a person. That's yeah, I don't drink any, I don't drink any coffee. You don't drink any coffee. No, not at all. That's just water in there. <laughs> yeah. That's just water. <laughs> That's good yeah. Stuff. yeah. So um, I sit down with people and I just mine like, okay, what is God doing? What is he speaking to you? <clears throat> have you ever gone on a trip before? Have you ever gone anywhere? You know, what do you really feel like? What's your passion? What do you burn for? What makes you angry? Yeah. What makes you upset? Like, and just kind of work from there because the Holy Spirit's already speaking to them. And moving and a lot of times people are have thought about this for a while when they're coming and talking with me or and they're just looking for someone to help kind of piece together the puzzles the puzzle pieces yeah piece together yeah. The pieces. <laughs> right? piece together the pieces. you got it something yeah that makes sense yeah yeah, so yeah I, I love that what what would you say how, how would you kind of describe your own heart, your own passion um, for missions or for the nations? Yeah, I think for me, it started when I was a really little girl, a young little Jody, you know, right out of the womb. No, not that young. But my my parents were both pastors and they took my sister and myself on missions trips when we were young. So my first mission trip, I was actually in the third grade and we went um, to Mexico and to the jungles of Guatemala, visiting these missionaries that you couldn't get to them. You had to take a, like a seven hour boat ride. There was nothing like the only way to get to them was through the river. And I just remember we were going there, we were seeing them. We went to this like little village church that they had planted. They were also doing medical missions at the base where they were at. And just, it was this church service. I'm this little third year old, third grade. Third, third grader. I don't know how old that is. How old are you in third grade? <laughs> I think let's go eight, eight, eight to nine. Eight to nine. And we went to this church service out in the jungles of Guatemala. And afterwards, I just remember after the church service as an eight year old saying, I want to become a missionary. Like I want to tell people about wow. Jesus. And it was, it was amazing. Just like, there's no junior Holy Spirit, someone says, you know, like little yes. kids, like they can hear the voice of the Lord and he can speak to them and lead them and guide them. And so that seed was planted in me um, from the time I was a little girl, just going on mission trips, seeing things. But really, my heart is just um, specifically for people who've never heard about Jesus, who've never heard the name of Jesus to be able to to say yes i love the moravians everyone quotes that every missions director needs to know the moravians if you run around with anyone yeah. who doesn't, somehow somewhere they're going to quote the moravians which says to win for the lamb the reward of his suffering come on and i really feel like that is my heart like jesus paid it all he you know he stretched out his arms on the cross so that we could be reunited with the father so that our sins could be forgiven so restoration payment of sins um, penalty and that just that restoration and so that's kind of what my heart beats for admissions that people who've never heard the name of Jesus have a chance to hear about Jesus have a chance to be restored to him and so that's really my my heartbeat for for missions for ministry I think even just my family growing up was very evangelistic very outreach focused mm. I grew up in very outreach focused and so um that's kind of my like thing is like Let's tell people, like, let's yeah. go outside our walls and let's go to them and not wait for them to come to us because they might not know how to find us type of thing. So, mm. yeah, let's uh, let's dig into that a little bit. So as far as unreached sections of the world, unreached people groups and stuff like that, mm -hmm. what can you share as far as, um, you know, maybe areas of the world where these people are located um, and just just things like that. What is what does this actually look like as far as where missions yeah. is taking place and how we're mm -hmm. reaching these people? Yeah. Yeah. So unreached is a fancy term, missiologists. I think that's the correct word. Basically, it's like the least yeah. reached people of the world. So it means that they haven't had a chance to many of them haven't had a chance to. Um, hear the gospel message. There's unreached and unengaged. So these are two different okay. 
two different things. So unreached means usually maybe there's a small percentage of a gospel representation. Maybe some of that um, ethnicity have heard about Jesus, but there's not a large enough population for of Christians to be able to spread it throughout their ethnic group. Unengaged means that there is no gospel witness, no representative, no church, no nothing like zilch, zero. And so, um, so within the unreached, there's the unengaged, which is like heartbreaking because that means like there's not one representative, you know, in Revelation where it says every tribe, tongue, nation that the throne right now, there's no representation of them on the throne unless we get there and we find that they've had, you know, dreams and visions, which I totally believe in that the Lord can send angelic visitations and I can, you know, get saved sure. that way. But as far as we know of today, there is no um you know, representation before the throne of God of that people group. Wow. And so this, um, the unreached missiologists have defined them and they're in kind of like the 1040 window, which is latitude and longitude. So it's like a little rectangle, basically mm -hmm. from like Africa over through like Russia, Asia area is like a little square, just put it there, rectangle. Yeah. And that's where, that's where they're located. And so I forget the question. What was the question? Yeah. So no, you're doing great though. You're doing great. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. I was asking you to just talk a little bit about about that, about the unreached, okay. um, unreached people groups, where they are, which you just did. Yeah. You did that was awesome. Thank you. Uh, Thank where you. they are, and then, um, and then I think I said something about the sort of yeah, like how this is actually mm -hmm. being implemented and yeah. what's on your heart, maybe even yeah. as far as going after these people yeah. and getting to these unreached people. Yeah. This is amazing because currently we are, you didn't even know, you're giving me like a softball question. This is fantastic. <laughs> I played softball in middle school, so I got this. Awesome. So currently as Global Ministries at Elam Fellowship, we are launching something called the Gateway Project. And this is a project to reach the remaining unreached people groups in the world. So um, Youth for Submission, they developed a book called 100 Gateway Cities. And they have uh, determined 100 cities in that 1040 window that if you have a team there or planted around there in those 100 cities, you're surrounded by the remaining unreached people groups of the world. And so we see these 100 cities as super strategic for sending teams to these 100 cities. And so because wow. a lot of times the unreached are in villages or mountainous regions, but they send people to the cities. Usually they're young people, you know, want to try and um, get to the city to better their lives or education or different things like that. So if you're in these cities, you can easily travel to the locations where the remaining unreached are, or they'll be passing through the city um, that's there. Kind of like a modern day, was that Ephesus in the Bible where people would like walk through and come through? I don't know. You yeah. can check that duke that's <laughs> sounds right smart like you know i went to bible school um and so we are currently actually in one month in june we are launching our first gateway city team um over in wow. asia country not mentioned um sure. <laughs> for specific reasons sure. and um they're going to be really working on launching the first we're calling it a hub in one of the gateway cities and this hub is going to be where all future teams come to get training and to take trips into those different 100 cities, pray over them, and then launch into them. And really to reach the cities, we're saying we're going to go into these cities and we're just going to pray and say, God, what do you have for this city? Do you want us to do education in this city? Do you want us to do socioeconomic, you know, farming, coffee shops, because Jesus loves coffee, like we mentioned before. Like, what do you... What do you want us to do in those cities and in those nations? So we actually have eight organizations who have come together and we're kind of like knights at the round table, laying down our arms and saying, we're in this together. It doesn't like, doesn't matter who gets the glory. We're in it for, to see the unreached. Mm. So we have these eight amazing organizations and we've all come together and said, now's the time for us to really go after that. So. That is amazing. One thing we're doing. That's, no. that's unreal. So it, it's called, give me the name again, Gateway. The Gateway Project. Mm -hmm. The Gateway Project. And um, one of the, 
sorry, go ahead. No, go, please go ahead. All right. So one of the cool things, I'm super excited about this, so I could talk about this forever, but we can talk about other things. But the <laughs> Gateway Project, so why we just uh, did the 100 Gateway Cities, but we also, as we were researching um, different Gateway Cities or different things, there's this, um, in Thai culture, there's these um, gates, if you, they're like a gate like this. <laughs> And really, um, what it is, just in case you want to know what the gate looks <laughs> you, like. You're just all about drawing the squares. I know. Today, you want to give me screen, a whiteboard squares. squares. One thing about missions. Talk about gates. We love our shapes. And um, windows, yeah. Yes, windows, gates, rectangles. <laughs> um, but in Thai culture, these gates, they would put up all around Thai culture. And I think in other Asian cities, too, that these gates would be in the beginning of cities to welcome the spirits through the gate. And to say, you have mm. access to our city, you're welcome to our city. And we just really believe and really feel that um, we're going to put a cross through that gate and saying, no, Jesus is coming through your city. And really, there's a verse in Psalms. I forget what it is, which is our theme verse, because I'm so great at this. But it's the one that says, um, lift up your heads, oh, you gates. Yes. Glory is going to come in. And that's yeah. really our um, theme verse for it. And so just to see Jesus coming through all the gates of these cities um, to bring his life and hope and there. So, yeah. That's perfect. Alex Seidler just said Psalm 24. Um, Is he listening? Okay, thank thanks, you. Oh, thanks man. For, thanks for your help, buddy. Like, you yeah. <laughs> He's like, can't believe we didn't know that. That's how he talks yeah. in my mind. <laughs> that's legitimately perfect, though. That's such a that's such a beautiful prophetic picture. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, yeah. you everlasting doors. And the King of Glory yes. will come in. That's so cool. I love that. This is this is very. This is I love this the the strategery. I know that's not the word. Strategery. The strategic. Uh, the, the strategicness. <clears throat> the strategicness of this of this plan of this project of of this um you know the gateway project and of of really you know as the bible says that this going at really going after the the unreached people groups of the world is actively participating in hastening the day yeah. of the lord it's it's yeah. hastening the mm -hmm. the end of time jody so exactly. <laughs> so that's well, a it's a beautiful beautiful thing a divergent when I was little and before I was married, you know, you're always like, Jesus, don't come back before I get married. I don't know if you ever did that, but I did that when I was little. But then I'd read that verse that was like, you know, until the gospel is heard and all the reaches, then the end will come. I'll be like, oh, I'm safe. Like, <laughs> like I'm safe. It hasn't been preached everywhere yet. So I'm still going to get married before Jesus comes back. But yes, it is directly linked to uh, hastening the return of Jesus. Yeah, love it so much. Uh, so your husband just said, unlike others, I paid attention in Bible school. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but Alex, we knew you in Bible school, and we both know that that's not true. <laughs> we do know that's not true. He went to a summer school class, the wrong class for like half the summer school class, not realizing he was in the wrong class until he like, what the teacher called him up one day and was like, uh, you're not in this class. He's like, what? He attended literally half the summer school class in the wrong class. So take that, Alex. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, fake, hashtag fake news. Fake Alex news. Says. No, it's real. It's real. For real though, you guys are you guys are so cool. I'm I'm just I'm so I'm so excited as I said to finally be having a real conversation with you and getting to know yes. you. I, I I would love it if we could just go a little bit just a little bit deeper on your backstory in sure. terms of so I, I would imagine so you had this experience when you're eight to nine years old somewhere mm -hmm. in that in that sure. uh, third grade time period where you are already just becoming impassioned about about missions and about going to the nations and stuff like that. Yes. Did that stick with you throughout your childhood? And at what point did you kind of decide on the whole thing of going to Elam and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff? Yeah. yeah. So that pretty much stuck with me all throughout my childhood, middle school, high school. I mean, there's always random times where you're like, I used to watch Matlock back in the day, if anyone knows Matlock. And me I was too. like, I'm going to be a lawyer or like, I'm going to be a mechanic, but like thinking all these different things. But, um, but I wanted to, but underlying it was there all the time, everything through middle school, through high school. Um, I was very involved in serving at my church and different things like that. And, but I just always felt like 
there was something in, in ministry that I, I had to do and I wouldn't be satisfied yeah. unless I was doing that. Now, I didn't know what it would be like. It wasn't necessarily like missions all throughout. It, it more kind of just into general like ministry. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like that could mean a million different things of what you can do in ministry. And so, but I just had that call. And so after high school, I actually went right into Youth with a Mission in Tyler, Texas. I did oh, their awesome. discipleship training school. And I did that for, um, I think it's like six or seven months. And so my base was Tyler, Texas, and then my outreach was in Thailand um, for my outreach time. And that just really marked me and a lot of things coming up of identity. You know, when you you move out of your parents' house for the first time, you're like, who am I? Like, is this my parents' faith or my faith or what's going on? Like, you're like all like, I don't know, topsy-turvy. Yeah. So that was very sure. formative of going through that. I remember I like call back home and just be crying like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know for my life. But <laughs> after that, I just was like, okay, I want to do, I want to do ministry. Like, I don't know where I was checking out different ministry schools. And uh, my dad had remembered there's a school called Elam. We didn't have any really connection or affiliation with Elam. And he's like, there's a school like Elam Bible Institute. Let's check that out. And we went up there and I was like, this is it. Like it wasn't awesome. accredited at that time. I think it, it's now you can get your bachelor's. But when I was there, it wasn't accredited, but I didn't care. I was like, it has the heart. It has the anointing, the impartation, the vision like that I was looking for that as I was going to these other accredited universities, checking them out. I'm like, that's great, but they're just giving you knowledge. They're not really giving you you know, impartation. Yeah, it's yeah. this and so it had that missing element that I, that mm -hmm. I needed. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I had a similar story in that regard in, in that I went to visit Elam and it was funny. Did you go on like for like discovery days or something like I that? Did, or yeah. You did. Mm -hmm. So like, I totally missed that. And then, <laughs> uh, and then, but a friend of mine told me about Elam. And the interesting thing is that it was her sister went for one semester okay. and then left and she didn't leave on bad terms or anything. It was just for what I, I can't remember what happened, but yeah. she ended up leaving. But in that one semester that she was there, her life was so impacted mm -hmm. that my friend was telling me about like, I feel like you need to go to Elam. And so it was like me and her and my best friend, Dan, that I grew up with and my mom, like we went up to Elam on like a random just a random couple of days in the winter like it wasn't discovery days and <laughs> so time to visit Elam in the winter <laughs> yeah no it was it was it was rough it was a lot of snow yeah. but and it was just one of those things kind of walking around campus i remember like joe wicks and he didn't even remember oh, yeah, this when yeah. i told him but joe wicks was a freshman at the time yes, right mm -hmm. wait yeah at the time and he like was our tour guide like he oh, led us around and he showed us, I remember walking into the tab and him like showing us around and stuff like that. And I was just like, there was this thing inside of me that was like, I really don't want to go here, yeah. but I know that I need to be here. Mm, and and yeah. it was just this, it was just this knowing. And by the time we left from just that, you know, day and a half, two days that we were up there, mm -hmm. there, it was solidified in my mind. I only gave God one year, like I signed up for one year. Yes. And then it was like at the very end of the year that I decided, you know, like, who am I kidding? I need to stay here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need to keep what going I, here. But yeah. 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 But that's really cool. And mm -hmm. then you uh, you met Alex. I did meet Alex. I met him at Elam. And my first thought when I met him was, why is he here? <laughs> that was literally <laughs> my first thought. Was, that's what everybody thought. Probably. I was like, I didn't know they let these type of people into Bible school. I was like, because like, I was very focused. Like I was very determined. Like I knew, like you, from the time I was eight, I was like ministry. I'm like here. I'm here. I'm preparing myself for what God has for me. Like super studious. I was very studious, very like determined. Like, mm -hmm. and then I saw these people. Like I just didn't, because I didn't know what Elam was, but I didn't know like it's also people who are you know, maybe figuring out their faith or whatever coming as well. Or, and so like I met him and I was like, like, peace, like you go over there. I'm going to go over here type of thing. Like, I'm not gonna. So we didn't yeah. really interact 
a lot at all at, at Elam. Um, but then my best friend, you can, here's our romance story, Duke. I know this is all the juicy. I want all the, I want all the details. The hot goss. And so, um, so, um, my best friend, Kristen and his best friend, Brian, they started dating. And so then we kind of started hanging out more in different groups. I remember one time we went on like this, wasn't really a double date, but I guess it was. And I brought, this is how lame I am, Duke. Like I brought one of my reading assignments from Elam along to read because <laughs> I like was like, I don't want to waste my time. <laughs> I'm so bad. I love you, Alexander. You're my favorite. But I'm basically oh, like reading this book on this kind of like double date thing the whole time. I'm sure he thought I was such a catch. He's like, look at this girl <laughs> reading her book. Um, She's so studious. So studious. But really, like, as I talked to Alex, as we go back through our thing, he he always knew he had a call on his life. Um, but he would just kind of like, not fighting it, but being like, I'm going to kind of just do my own thing. Yeah, he's from New Jersey. Off. So, I mean, that's he's what we do. Yeah, I'm going to eat my bagels. I'm going to have my cream. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too busy living, being from the best state of Ever. all time. All time, yeah. of all time. And being a Giants fan, I Still, just can't. I just can't go to the Nations. Yeah. I know, but um, when we went to every year, every junior year, you know, you go to Nyssum New York School of Urban Ministry, and that's really where he really yeah. surrendered and was like, "God, yeah. this is." I think at when you're in New York City, you're like, "Oh Lord, I do need you." Like, but <laughs> the different types of things, but. So then I began to notice him when like that was attractive to me was like when he was like loving the Lord and he was just spending time with him. He started being a youth pastor somewhere as still he was at school and different yeah. things like that. And so I started to like turn my head a little bit like, huh, he does love Jesus. Look at that type <laughs> of thing. And so, yeah, that's kind of but our best friends started dating and then we just kind of connected that way you're so funny jody <laughs> i love it you don't have to comment on this if you don't want but i'm going to read it because alex put it there he said don't forget about making out in the bell tower <laughs> we did not do that we did not do that but he did i will he's okay this is what he did he i think we were engaged at the time or something and we were like back on elam campus and he's like babe he's like let me show you where i would go and pray and he like took me to this church parking lot and then he just kissed me i'm like okay that's where you want to pray <laughs> let's go okay. and pray is that all what right. the kids are calling it now pray call it. trying to be all spiritual anyways um <laughs> yeah so in all fairness because uh I, i'm totally i i didn't I, I met I didn't meet Alex because I was a year behind you guys. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. I didn't meet Alex until um you guys came back from Nysum, right? Wait, are you and Alex in you're in the same, yeah, same class, path. right? Okay. So I didn't, you know, because I think we were probably Nysum starts at the very beginning of the semester, yes. right? They're right. maybe there for a few days and then it's like yeah. heading off to Nysum, then we don't see you guys. And so it's kind of an interesting dynamic because the the freshmen get a chance to connect more with the the seniors, oh, the upperclassmen God. and stuff like that. Yeah. And then sometimes those relationships are already kind of being solidified. And then the the junior class comes back and it's like, who are you guys? And then it's yeah, like a whole new right, set of people. And yeah. And so like I was on. Uh, no, I was not. That was my that was the next year. Uh, well, anyway, so I didn't know Alex really until yeah. after um, he was, you know, the Lord was already kind of oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, shaving off those yeah. rough edges and stuff like that. But yeah. but uh, but anyway, I keep talking about Alex because he's Alex. I love you, bro. You're such a good dude and you're so real and you're so authentic. And so when I think about Alex and Jody, when I think about you guys, mm -hmm. um, I'm just looking at, and, and I appreciate what you said about kind of going through that process of not really knowing exactly what you were going to be doing in ministry, like mm -hmm. knowing that God had yeah. called you, that there was this call, but maybe it was, it was not necessarily geared toward just one particular yeah. thing or just serving yeah. in one area or one location. And, and I, I, I love that. That was something that was kind of going on in, in my mind as well in the mm -hmm. process of like going to Bible college and all that. Cause I kind of had, as a teenager, I had this knowing inside of me, I'm called to ministry. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it looks right. like, 
I, and I, and I was just kind of, I had these weird ideas in my head about not wanting to be like, you know how you are when you're young, you're like, I don't want to be the typical minister yeah. and I want to do it different. And, yeah. and it's going to just be all about Jesus and, yeah. and like anti-establishment and whatever. <laughs> and so like, I had these weird things in my mind. And then it was funny because I went to Elam with that stuff. And I lived at Elam for a while with all that stuff. And it wasn't until my senior year that the Lord really started to work on my heart and to kind of show me just some of those areas where there was a lot of pridefulness and stuff like that. And um, yeah, to the point where I had even kind of like semi, not burned bridges, but kind of, um, you know, maybe semi, you know, had had broken off some relationships and things like that with people in my past from my uh, church that I grew up in and, and, uh, the Lord kind of led me to go back and to kind of repair some stuff with my pastor and just some different things like that. That was really, really, really cool. But anyway, just bringing that up to say it's, it's, it's cool because you guys have been in a, involved in a lot of different aspects of ministry, a lot of different aspects of, of, um, you know, empowering people. But what I see as kind of the, one of the core elements to what you guys do is really this this area of equipping and empowering people to go out and to fulfill their God-given you know purpose and assignment. There's this sort of um, visionary apostolic kind of mantle that you guys carry, yes. yeah. and it's really, really, really cool. So um, I love that. Thank you. If you, <laughs> um, so what could you what could you tell me? Because kind of jumping off of that point. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully that made sense, yep. but jumping off of that point, like you guys have done a lot in ministry, you guys are involved in a lot of different areas of ministry. And it seems to me from a distant perspective that you guys stay very, very busy and you yeah. stay like, if you're not <laughs> yeah. in the nations, you're equipping others to go yeah. to the nations mm -hmm. and you're just, you're this conference and that conference mm -hmm. and traveling all over the place yeah. and you stay very, very busy in ministry um, how, how would you say that you guys have learned how to kind of stay grounded through that process and stay healthy mm -hmm. and avoid burnout, which so many, you know, young yeah. ministers fall into and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. Yes, that is a wonderful question. Thank um, you. I feel this isn't my first time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're doing great. You're I'm, doing I'm great. kind of a big deal. No, you kidding. are a big deal. Anyway. I'm, I'm noticing that now. You've got that professional <laughs> microphone and everything. Um, this is this is just it's just plastic. This isn't even real. It looks cool though. We're gonna pretend. To. <laughs> so, um, These lights aren't even real. It just they look beautiful. Anyway. You should get them so they can Thank like you. change colors. Thank you. They they can turn. I can make them. I don't know if you can see this or not. Yeah. Wait. Can I do it? I can make them go orange. Ooh. I can make them go between green and orange. That's pretty fancy. That's pretty it's, fancy totally pointless but thank you <laughs> thank is, you for <laughs> i appreciate i, I appreciate you Jody. I you're doing a great job um so burnout okay so we love um mining from people who've gone before us and of uh, really being taking their advice <laughs> for people who are like uh learn yeah. from us and our mistakes and what we've done and so very early on in our ministry life and career, we just listen to the advice of those who've gone before us um, that we've seen who are healthy and still in ministry. We didn't listen to the ones who weren't in <laughs> ministry yeah. anymore who were bitter because that's yeah. the wrong lesson. Yeah. And so we went after that and, you know, what do you do? What did you, what have you done? And so one of the things, one of the best advice we've got was, um, because we do work a lot of weekends. So sometimes you feel like you're never home for a weekend. And that's, but what they said is on your day off that you have a day off, if you have to do ministry or something on that day, then you just move that to the next day. You just, so you mm -hmm. never lose it. You just reposition it. Um, because so many times what you can do is you can just say, oh, okay, that was my day off. I'm doing ministry. But then you never take a day off because then it just goes into your regular work week. So yeah. we learned how to really prioritize our days off of saying, okay, we're just going to, if we have to work this day, then we're going to slide it to another day. So we don't cheat ourselves. I think that's the thing. You don't cheat yourself. Um, because we want to go for the long haul, we always say ministry is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so you want to go for the long haul. And so how do you do that? Because if 
if you don't, you know, you're just going to get burned out. You're going to get bitter. You're not going to be able to do as much. You're going to be mean to people, yeah. all those different things yeah. like that. And so uh, that's one of the best advice we got. Uh, we're also very intentional to laugh a lot and have fun because if you don't laugh, you'll cry <laughs> type of thing. So um, Alex and I, we're very intentional about having fun together of doing it's not necessarily that we do fun things like Alex says, is we're not really fun. We're just, we like to be funny. I don't know. You're silly. You're silly. <laughs> silly, silly. We're silly. You're, you're uh, yeah. 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 So, so we're silly. So we, we like to keep things not necessarily light, but just to laugh at things because like we said, if you don't laugh, you'll cry um, over the things that happen in ministry. So we like to keep that, you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength is really mm because there's a lot of people in ministry who it's like are you joyful like is jesus happy right. like i don't right. think you're happy like um and so just having the joy of the lord as our strength and then finding things that fill us that refresh us i love nature um we just redid our back porch so i can sit on my porch and just look at nature because that's very filling for me and something that um just refreshes but every now and then you get in crazy cycles of busyness and so sometimes we'll be driving in the car and i'll just look at alex and i'll be like i'm dying like that's what i say i'll look at him and be like i'm dying <laughs> he'll look at me and be like oh okay and so um sometimes you don't even realize that you're so like good. but i literally will say i'm dying like and so then we have to like reevaluate and be like okay where did we lose our thumb like where did we lose mm. that how to get that back um and there's different seasons um of what you can do in certain seasons that you can't do in others but we really try not to cheat ourselves um make things fun and find out what builds us so do you bring your ministry homework on your dates with alex to get to get more to <laughs> to, to be more productive <laughs> Alejandro, as I like to call him, he loves talking about ministry. Ministry and sports, I would say, are his two favorite topics. And his furballs, cryptocurrency, three favorite yes. topics. Furballs. Yes. Furballs. He has fur babies. Um, if you don't loves know, he loves the you can doge. Yes. And so, <laughs> um, so he loves talking about ministry. And so, Sometimes when we're like on a walk or on wherever or a day off, I'll be like, we need to stop talking about ministry. <laughs> like, I'm just like, this. Yeah. Just like, no, I get it. Yeah. So sometimes we just have to kind of cut ourselves off of being like, okay, like now, because sometimes I really like it. Like it's refreshing. You know, when you are doing what you love, it's like not a burden a lot of times. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it is, but it's just like, but then there's other times where I'm like, I just need to not talk about ministry or problems or vision casting. Alex is a big visionary person, so he can just vision cast, vision cast. And I'm over here like, whoa, like, it's a whirlwind. Yeah. Like, what's happening? Um, but uh, yeah, so we do we do a lot of work all the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. But we are very much like we found those things that refresh us that we can do where we can kind of turn our brain off. Um, but we do talk about ministry a lot, but we're learning. It's really good. We're learning. No, it's really good. That's really good that you find what, what works for you guys, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, sometimes, and, and I'll find myself on, on the rare occasions that my wife and I go out to a restaurant, just yeah. the two of us or something like that. And we'll be like 20 minutes in and I'll, and I'll just realize like, why are we talking about these people? Yeah. Like, I love you. I love you guys. I love my church. I love, yes. I love, I love it. But but it's like right now it's a chance for us to kind of like disconnect exactly. and to focus on each other and just being fun. And, and, and I, and I really do love that sort of that, that lighthearted approach to life and mm -hmm. that silliness. I think for a long time, I took myself too seriously in ministry yeah. and, and uh, it took me a while to kind of, and, and sometimes I still get kind of stuck in that. Like it took me a little while to break out of that. It was really funny because um, the first time I had Alex on my not this podcast, the other, the older podcast that yeah. I did, the first time that he was on uh, was like, I hadn't talked to him in like a decade. And so I hadn't, I mean, on Facebook and stuff, but right. not verbally communicating right. or very little anyway. And so to be on a video chat with him 
and within the first five minutes he's you know he's cracking oh, jokes yeah. and he's just yeah. and i'm like yo he's the same person like all these years later he's the yeah. he's the same the same guy of course like he's you know matured a lot in mm -hmm. terms of you know ministry and knowledge and yeah. everything everything um in, in all those areas but there's still just this genuineness this authenticity and and this just passion for for life and for having fun and it's something that's imparted i think that that's a really cool thing that even that the two of you guys together um it rubs off on people you know like when you when you have that approach to life and you and people see like oh she's not taking herself as seriously yeah. as i am or you know not that she's not taking the ministry seriously right. of course you are but at the same time i love that you said like you sometimes we just laugh because we don't laugh we're gonna cry like it's just so it's so crazy there's something that um uh bishop uh joseph garlington said one time that stuck with me and he's like if it's gonna be funny later it's funny now it's it's like oh. what he said and so he's like yeah, you know yeah. if i if i'm looking at where i'm at now and i'm i feel like i'm in the trenches and it's so hard mm -hmm. but like five years from now i'm probably going to be laughing at this yeah. so why don't i just go ahead and laugh laugh at it now and kind yeah, of being able to true. be yeah. be in that in that moment of not getting so bogged down by the life and the ministry and the challenges and the busyness mm -hmm. and everything else that you actually lose your joy in the process you know yeah. So I love Good. that. And I also really love that what you said about reaching out to those that have gone before you. Mm -hmm. And um, I would imagine that you guys being a part of Elam Fellowship mm -hmm. um, and uh, just everything that you're involved in in ministry, that you guys have a really um, just amazing community of people yeah. that you can be connected to and draw from. How important would you say that that aspect of ministry is just the ability to be in community and doing life with mm -hmm. people? I think it's very important. <laughs> Um, was that another softball question <laughs> okay moving on uh, no, no, i think it's very important i think especially i very alex and i we very much honor the generation that come before so yes community we have our friends we have our like our age we have younger friends we have different things uh but one of the things that i think marks us as a, a couple is that we get along very well with the older generation. I don't know, we have fun with them. We we like them, yeah. but cuz so many times they we can be like, "Oh, that's, you know, an older model. We're doing a new newer model now." But there's so much wealth and wisdom that they have that's like, "Sure. Well, I don't want to waste my time doing a mistake that you've already learned from, that they've already learned from." And then but they're also like when I'm facing new situations, like I just did this recently, I called my dad, who's a pastor and network leader for Hope All Network. I just called him recently about a situation we're facing. And I'm like, dad, I need your advice of how do I walk this through with my team? Like, they're going to have all these mm. questions. Like, can you just talk with me through this? Like picking their brains, because I don't have to figure it all out all myself. And I probably want to do that good of a job if I had to figure it out all myself. So that community is there for advice, for prayer, for encouragement, for just doing nothing and everything in ministry, just having fun times together. But it's great when you can do ministry with your best friends. Like I yeah. just have so much fun when I'm with my friends and we're doing life, doing ministry together. It's like, this is awesome. Like, let's do this all the time. Love it. But yeah. So I don't know if that answered your question, but community is important. Yeah. It, no, it was great. Because it, it also great. you can get like you you get out of your own mind and out of your own ways of doing things. So it stretches you and expands you. You have to work through conflict. You have to work through, you know, other people's ideas or they're doing things not quite the way I would want to do it, but that's okay. Like because we're still accomplishing the mission. So it shapes you, it forms you. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. The all <laughs> Yeah. Um, the other thing that you said, and you did, you did a great job answering that question. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I, th I think that's really important because we can, again, like with the busyness and stuff like that, we can really kind of fail a lot of times to stop and smell the roses. And we were talking a little yeah. bit earlier about burnout. And I think that's where a lot of that comes from is when, you know, again, when you do take things too seriously all the time and it's just kind mm -hmm. of go, go, go without those pauses to kind of 
reflect and to connect with one another and to really have that sort of relational growth that happens on, on, on the level of you guys in ministry together, you know, husband and wife, but then, you know, with friends and, and your leaders and yeah. other people like that, where you guys can kind of, again, pull from each other and recognize that I'm not just leaning on my own strength. First of all, I'm leaning on the strength of the Holy Spirit, which is the most important thing, but I'm also able to kind of lean upon and derive strength from other people that are in this with me because we are in this together. Yeah. And, um, you yeah. know, that I think that that's so, so important and something that a lot of times we do. I think we can miss out on that, you know, and we can get yeah. too focused on just the productivity side that we can kind of sacrifice the relational aspect of ministry which is kind of like yeah. the whole point to begin with <laughs> yeah, and so exactly. it's crazy it's crazy that i think the stuff that goes on in our minds sometimes where we justify we can justify certain uh long-term destructive behaviors I, I think a lot of times those things kind of creep up and 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 yeah. a lot of times maybe you can be in ministry and not recognizing what you're doing, not recognizing that you're actually making decisions and you're developing patterns of behavior that are actually mm -hmm. long term going to be detrimental, you know, instead mm -hmm. of instead of helpful. Yeah. And so all of that that you just Definitely. said, I thought was was really golden. Uh, the other thing that you mentioned a few minutes ago was about how your ministry seasons are not always they're not always static. They're not always they're not always the same that there's mm -hmm. room, you know, maybe in one season you're working you know you have to really grind it out for the next two weeks or three weeks or okay. something like that like leading yes. up to this next conference or this next ministry trip or whatever okay. and recognizing that it's okay to have those seasons where like this season it's going to work a little bit differently than it did last season but we're shifting yeah. and 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 i think the whole point throughout um i would i would i mean i'm sure you'd agree with me on on this that it's about listening to what the Lord is actually saying and, yeah. and paying attention mm -hmm. to, okay, God, how are you moving in this season and making sure that I'm yeah. kind of, you know, staying in step with you in the process? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Would you, would you say that that's fair to say? <laughs> I would say that is an adequate answer. Yes. Yeah. I would say that's very, I was trying to sound all lawyerish going back to Matlock. I, I'm sure. Um, but yes, I would say definitely because so many times, even in ministry, you can just do the next thing because it's the next thing or, you know, just makes sense in your mind. But to be like, God, OK, what are you speaking? Where are you leading? What are you doing in this season? What are you looking for? Because then it really is his uh, yoke is easy and his burden is light when you're with him in what he's doing, what he's moving. And so many times, too, is recognizing your busy seasons of like, OK, God, how how do I rest in this season? How do I rest in yeah. this time? And yeah. it'll and it'll look different probably than what you were able to do before. And, but he always has the answers <laughs> that you need and creative ways. That's why I love the Holy spirit, creative solutions of how you can rest or how you can do things or plan things. Like before in the beginning of our marriage, we would go on vacation and then Alex would plan like a speaking event for us, like right after vacation. And I'm like, no, uh -huh. no, no, we need the other way around. Like, <laughs> speaking of it and then vacation like like just yeah. practical things that the whole is able to because you know if you have a speaking event after your vacation the last half of your vacation you're just prepping and planning and thinking about that oh, wow, speaking yeah. event coming yeah, that makes out. sense so so then just kind of cheats your vacation so practical things that the holy spirit can just lead you and guide you in of like how to do things how to orient um your different things but definitely seasons no, God is a God of seasons. And so it's like, God, what are you, what are you doing? Where are you moving? How should I, how should I go forward in this season? But yeah, definitely. Love it. What, what, what do you guys have on the horizon that's coming up that you're excited about? That's coming up that we're excited about. Um, so I would say we have the Elon Fellowship Oasis Conference coming up where we are together with ministries, missionaries, leaders, all our, a lot of our missionaries, not all of them, we're doing a special global celebration banquet for them, which I'm super excited about because awesome. we get to bless our missionaries that are coming back. So we have little like swag bags for them. We're doing like a barbecue dinner for them. We have little like gifties just to really bless them and to love on them and so that they can feel heard. We're going to have a testimony time where they can share what God is doing. So I'm super pumped about that because 
I love hearing stories of what God is doing all over the world, but just being able to bless those who are serving, who have gone. Uh, and then in June, like I said, our first um, Gateway City is being launched. And so I'm super pumped about that. That's probably like a three or four year vision that we've been working on and wow. collaborating with. And so to see the just like it coming about is fantastic. It's one of those things where the team that's going that are like high quality caliber leaders that I'm like, why are you doing this with your life? You could be doing so other things, but you know, you're laying yeah. down your life in this place. So I feel really honored and blessed about the team that is that the Lord has brought together and we're going. So I would say those are my most exciting things that are coming up. So really, really cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I appreciate that. As far as like the gateway project, is that something that um, people can donate to if any if anybody wanted to? That. Yeah. So can you um, can you maybe just share like a website or two if you um, you know where where people could go to do stuff like that and then anywhere else that you would like to you know if there's anywhere else that you would like to point people to for additional resources or absolutely. to connect with you or anything like that yeah absolutely I can do that so we have a couple cool things with the the gateway project one of the things that we offer is something called gatekeepers and this is for churches and ministries and even business leaders to get involved in where they can of those 100 cities we have this whole program of how they can pray through it kind of adopt a city maybe that the lord is putting on their heart so maybe mm. you know it's like uh there's we always laugh but there's a gateway city called djibouti that we always love to say <laughs> djibouti. i'm like a little third year old third, third year old third, third year old Third year old. I'm a third year old. And third so, like, like, the Lord's like putting on these cities. So, it's like kind of a program of how a church or ministry can adopt those to pray for the cities, to take trips, to go visit the cities. Um, so, that's called the gatekeepers that people can get involved in and get connected through the project that way. We are currently working on a website, Duke, in case you were, like your question said. So, I don't have a specific <laughs> website to point you to right now. Um, but, um, it's going to be on our elamfellowship.org website um, that they can go to. They can also go to elamfellowship.org. I think there's a learn more button. You can just put in that you're interested in the Gateway Project. And we can get you all the information of all the things. Um, you can also donate to the Gateway Project through elamfellowship.org um, website, which is fantastic. That'll go towards um, a bunch of different things of seeing the unreached reached and the getting teams to those 100 100 cities so i think yeah that's fantastic if you want to be a missionary elamfellowship.org learn more i'll talk with you have a cup of coffee yeah talk with you about the nations about everything yes about so yeah yeah uh, i love i love gatekeepers i love that you call mm -hmm. them gatekeepers that's right. that's super cool yeah um, i love all the prophetic yeah. language in this it's, it is. it's just it's great very... it's just great it's very cool. We've the team that's going over, they've actually been keeping a prophetic journal of all the prophetic words that have been mm. coming over these past three years leading up to this movement and even the other eight organizations involved. And it's just so crazy seeing what God is doing and the different things. It's like it's insane. Don't yeah. have to get into it, but it's very cool. Yeah. But yeah, gatekeepers. Go get your gate, man. Go get <laughs> Pray it. over your gate. Be a gatekeeper for the <laughs> Go city. Keep that gate. Keep it. Keep it open for Jesus. That's so lame. That can be our catchphrase. Keep it open for Jesus. No. No. That's not gonna work. Um, but one of the things I, I think we could get a lot more kids interested in prayer if we let them pray for places like Djibouti. Yes, I think, I think that's a good strategy, Jody. I, I like think, that. I think it is. I think it's great. Another amazing thing about the Gatekeeper program is we're actually working on curriculum. If churches adopt a gate of how they can start implementing praying for it um, mm. in their children's program, the kids program, their youth programs. So um, yeah, so it's fantastic. So we have all that, but Djibouti, it's my favorite. Love it. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna get there. Djibouti. What did you say? What did you say? You're going to get to Djibouti. Yes, I am. Yes, yes. I am. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up, could you, I'm going to put you on the spot just, just for a second here, but okay. if you could 
share just um, a word of encouragement. Uh, I was reading in your bio that um, just about how you're passionate to see people fall more in love with Jesus and, yes. uh, you know, impact their world for for the love of Christ. And yeah, just uh, maybe just as we wrap up here, if you could just share just something from your heart just related to people loving Jesus or, you know, whatever. Jesus. <laughs> that <laughs> sure. That is a great question. There's so many thoughts going through my mind. I think very briefly, I'm trying to think of something fast. Uh, one of the things that the I'm Lord. I'm not in a rush, by the way. So oh, take fine. all the take all the time great. you need. Ready for a 30 minute <laughs> We'll take up an sermon. offering at the end. It'll be great. It'll be great. Ready for a 30 minute sermon? Um, one of the things that I really love is the Lord's prayer. And I think that a lot of times we just kind of recite it and just go over it. Um, but really the first three sentences of the Lord's prayer are something that Mm, I love it. Like there's meat in that. I preach a whole sermon on the first three sentences of the Lord's prayer, but we're not going to do that here. But (laughs) You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the the two things that I, I pick from that is, one, Jesus led with our Father. Those two words. Um, and that's all, yeah. our, all, uh, all I'm going to talk about right now because that's going to, but our Father. And that was mind-blowing for his audience that he was talking to. This comes from the Sermon of the Mount. He's in front of the multitudes. They like, he could have used anything when they're saying, okay, here's how you pray. He could have said, you know, you pray to Yahweh, to Elohim, to Adonai, Lord. And that would have all been like, yeah, we like, that's how we relate to God. But he led with our father. And that was like, wait, what? Like, Mm -hmm. he's our, our father. Like, that's how I relate to him as Abba, as, you know, daddy, God, it was such a foreign concept for them, but it just speaks of the relationship that God, of how he sees us, of how he wants to see uh, see him. I love the names of God. I study the names of God and yeah. what they mean and how they, how they reveal a new nature of his character. And every time God introduces a new name, it's a new per- part of his character. And so now he's revealing himself anew as, hey, I'm your father. Like, this is another part of my nature and my character. And just when you, when us as Christians, as believers, when we get that revelation that like, when we know, I always say, when you know whose you are and who you are, mm-hmm. you can, there's no limit to what you can do, what God can do in and through you. That's good. And That's so good. just with the Lord's prayer of just that our father, if I can leave you with anything today is that you are a child of the most high God and you have a seat at the table. You are co-heirs with Christ. You're not on the outside looking in, but you are seated at the boardroom of heaven. And God is saying, Hey, let's, let's do this today. Let's go here today. Let's take over the world. You know, pinky in the brain. <laughs> All these references <laughs> that <laughs> don't know anymore. I know. What are we going to do today? <laughs> Same thing we do every day, Jody. Yes, exactly. But just that concept that when Jesus was in front of the multitudes, when he had the audience, when he when they were captivated about what he was saying, he wanted to get the point across that your relationship is one of father and son, of father and daughter. Mm. And that's just the starting point of realizing like, God, you are my father. And yeah, and you have a seat at the boardroom of heaven. So go sit down <laughs> at his table. You're not on the outside. You're on the inside. You're in the family mm. business, I should say. Come on. So yeah. Come on. I love that. And and I love um I I've I haven't really thought about it like that before. The out right off the bat, um, our father. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I never really gave a lot of thought to that being a different sort of a, a paradigm, you know, a different mm-hmm. way of thinking yeah. for the people he was talking to. Um and, and I, as you were talking, I was just kind of connecting it with um, Isaiah 9, this prophetic picture of, of Jesus. And it says his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Mm-hmm. And it says Everlasting Father. Yes. Prince of Peace. And uh, just the idea uh, Jesus came, you know, we see this in John 14, how he came to reveal the Father to us. He came mm-hmm. to show us the Father. And really, when we look at the life of Jesus, he gives us the perfect understanding the perfect description 
of who the father is and right. how we as people, you know, yeah. as sons and daughters of God living here on the earth, how we can relate to him and connect yeah. with him and have that relationship with him. And I love that, that even, even there, um, kind of in the earlier part of his ministry, drawing the attention of people to, you know, focus on him as your father. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, so I love that. That's a, uh, yeah. I love, I love what you shared there. Very, yeah. very cool. Um, awesome. Well, um, I appreciate it again, Jody. Um, thanks for, thanks for sharing. Thanks for doing this with me. Uh, be awesome. I, I'd love to, I'd love to, uh, do it again sometime at some point and, um, we'll go from there. You know, it'd be really cool. We can get you and Alex on here at the same time. That. We should just do be chaos. Should be the next one. It'll be beautiful chaos. And I will also, literally just be quiet the whole time. The whole just time as we guys talk to each other. Back and forth and <laughs> talk about life and or I can bring Denise on. And yes. then we'll get nothing accomplished because it'll just be nuts. It'll be crazy. I'm, yeah. I'm here for fun. it. I'm here for it. Love it. Well, appreciate you. Um, yeah. Appreciate you guys for checking out the episode. Thanks for all the comments, especially Alex. <laughs> all your dance. comments, Alex. <laughs> uh, but you guys are awesome. Hope you all have an awesome rest of your day, rest of your week. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jody, thank you again. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. Okay, guys, that's the end of the episode, but I want to just say again that I appreciate you so much for taking the time to check out this episode. I hope that it blessed you, challenged you, or encouraged you in some way. Uh, if it did, if you would consider subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review, that would really truly mean the world to me, and it will help to make sure that these podcast episodes get in front of more people so that the channel can continue to grow, but really more importantly, so that people can hear these conversations that are hopefully impactful or transformational on some level. So again, thank you guys so much for your help and just for just for being here. And I hope that you'll come back and join me for a future episode. Have an awesome rest of your week and I'll see you next time.